And that's why we're here tonight to celebrate the fact that our king came and gave his life. He was born to die so that we might live. And we celebrate the coming of the Messiah, the coming of King Jesus. Confession, it is said, is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. So I have a confession to make tonight. And that is, when I was growing up as a young man, I didn't know the meaning of Christmas. I didn't know the meaning of Christmas. Uh, and I, I would assume I'm by myself in that. I, I figure you didn't. You, you knew the meaning of Christmas. I, I grew up in a religious home, but not a Christian home where our parents were discipling us as children. My parents came to faith in Christ a little bit later in my teenage years. But early in my life, um, Christmas was about gifts. It was about toys, fun. And I loved Christmas because as the baby in the family, I'm the, the youngest of five, um, I got so many good gifts growing up. So I thought Christmas was about gifts and gifts for me. And my, uh, I have two older brothers, you know Harold, but my, my brother who's five years older than me, Wayne, he was like the Charlie Brown of the family uh, because he would, like, <laughs> you know how Charlie Brown would get rocks uh, <laughs> for Halloween and his tree would tilt over. Uh, my brother would always get the most boring gifts out of all of the children. Uh, they would give my brother wallets every year with no money in it. And, uh, and I was like, he would get socks, and uh, I would get racing car sets and uh, muscle man dolls, uh, action figures, not dolls, uh, 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 action figures, <laughs> and my brother would get a belt. And, and I'm like, <laughs> and someone tomorrow is going to be like my brother. <laughs> You're going to get socks. That's most of the dads here. We're, we're going to get socks tomorrow. We're going to get a belt. We're going to get another tie. But that's all right. Um, but, but when I was younger, again, I didn't know the meaning of Christmas. But as I look back at it now, I was close. I was close to understanding the meaning of Christmas. Because Christmas is about gifts. Matter of fact, really, it's about a gift. The gift, the greatest gift of all, and that's Jesus. So let me pray for us, and we'll look at a couple of scriptures. Father, thank you for an evening to come and anticipate what it might have been like when your son was born through the Virgin Mary. Thank you for the season of Advent where we as your sons and daughters, your followers, the disciples of your son, we can, in our mind's eye, go back and anticipate what it may have been like to think of the coming of the king. But I also thank you, Lord, that this season allows us to look forward to um, have an anticipation of the second coming of your son, the king. So, Lord, as we um, just gather tonight to be encouraged in your presence and with one another, I pray that you would fill our hearts, Lord, with your love, with your hope, and even now, with your truth. 
So thank you for the children who are here tonight. May we all leave out with a better understanding of why this holiday is so important to our faith and even to the world. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Christmas is about the greatest gift of all. And the tradition of getting gifts comes from what the wise men did when they came to Jesus. They brought him their gifts, their best gifts, because in that culture, you would never appear before a king empty-handed. You would always bring a gift, because to appear before a king, someone of royalty without a gift was seen as disrespectful. And as we sang Sunday, uh, you deserve it, he deserves it. He deserves our best gifts, our time, our talent, our treasure, how we honor him with our temples. He deserves it because it's in him that we live and that we move and that we have our being, and he's the one who purchased us. We weren't bought with corruptible things like gold and silver and precious stones. We were bought with the precious blood of Jesus. So we are God's prized possession. And so when we think about Christmas, we think about the fact that Jesus came to give his life so that we could give our lives back to him, giving him our gifts, giving him our best. So when the wise men came with gold, myrrh, and frankincense, it's a picture of us coming to the Lord with our gifts, but also exchanging gifts with one another. I don't know about you, but Christmas is my favorite time of the year because there's a spirit of giving in the atmosphere. Jesus said in the book of Acts chapter 20 that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So when you go to the mall or to the grocery store or even when you're driving down the street, except for the lady I saw the other day who has some road rage and gave. Anyway, uh, there's a spirit of giving in the air and people are thinking less of themselves and more of others. And you have children even. How can I get a gift or make a gift for granddad or for grandma or for my auntie? So when we're giving, the spirit that is in the air is better than the typical selfishness that absorbs all the energy out of the atmosphere. So giving, it's a beautiful thing. And for us as Christians, we know that we don't have to wait for Christmas to give. Um, we should always be giving, 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 giving. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, we see the reason for Christmas. I want everybody leaving out of here understanding and knowing afresh or for the first time what the meaning of Christmas is. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible reads, And she, which is Mary, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. He came to save us from our sins. Because all of us have sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The God we know, the God we serve, the one and only God is holy. He's set apart from sin. He is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. But you and I were born with darkness in our soul. We were born separated from life and God because of our sin. There's a great chasm between man and God, and we need a mediator, someone who can come and bridge the gap. Someone who is God enough to put his hand on God. Someone who is man enough to put his hand on man. And that is Jesus Christ, the son of God, son of man, who came from the bosom of God the Father through the womb of a virgin to be born, that he might die, to pay the price in our place, that we might be bought back and brought back 
to God. That's the good news. That's what Christmas is all about. Gabriel said, you're going to call him Jesus. That's his name. Joseph, you're not going to name this child because technically he's not your son. He is the father's son. He was born miraculously with the aid of the Holy Spirit through Mary. And Gabriel said, you're going to call him Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Yeshua. The Lord saves. The Lord is salvation. The Lord came on a mission to save his people from their sins. Christmas is about a Savior named Jesus who came to save us from our sins, which means that Christmas is about salvation. It's about salvation. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The Bible reads, for the wages of sin is death. Physical death, we all die. And uh, the thing about death is no one is going to escape it. No matter how old you are, how young you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, no matter what country you may live in, none of us will escape death. The Bible says that death is the destiny of every man and woman. And uh, yesterday, my wife and I, uh, we saw a video on I believe it was Facebook from one of my spiritual mentors, Dr. Tony Evans. And in that video, he gave an update of his wife Lois's condition. Um, her cancer came back. She had been healed of cancer years ago. It came back. And about uh, two months ago, doctors had given her days to live. And um, this was right before she turned 70 years old. So she was 69 at the time. And the doctors gave her days to live. And it's a rare form of cancer. Uh, there was nothing else they could do, medically speaking. And uh, people began to pray. I prayed. Folks in this room prayed. And the Lord uh, extended her life. Uh, and that, again, over about two months ago, they said she had days to live. And she's still alive. But in this video that Pastor Evans put out yesterday, he said uh, the end is near. Um, she is not speaking much now. And, and he began to talk about how it would be selfish for him to want his wife to stay for him as she's suffering in her body. And knowing the hope of the gospel, and, how, and he read from the scriptures how we get a brand new body when we go to heaven. And I was watching this video, and I was like, wow. My wife may have to make a statement about me one day. I may have to make a statement about her. And what I saw was a man with peace. Because you can't fake that in those moments. Either the Lord is real or he's not. And I saw a man who was under the peace of God knowing that his wife had literally days left because of death. But when you know the one who defeated death, the one who was born to die to set us free from the penalty of death, you can grieve with hope. And I saw that man. He was wrapped with peace. And I just said, Lord, encourage him. And again, we've all been there. We've had to walk with loved ones. And that's why this season is so beautiful, because it reminds us of the victory that we have through Jesus Christ. Death has lost its sting. The grave has no victory. So the wages of sin is death. We die physically. We're born spiritually dead. And without Jesus, people will die eternally in a place called hell forever. But I like the fact that that verse doesn't end. Romans 6.23, there is a conjunction there. But. Thank God. The gift 
of God is eternal life in who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Is he your Lord? Is he your Lord? Is he your master? Are you his son? Are you his daughter? And the Bible says that God gives a gift. And it's a gift. And again, gifts are not things you earn. Gifts are what you receive. And God says, I have a gift for you that will cancel out the sentence of death and the penalty of death. The gift of God is eternal life, not through church, not through trying to keep the Ten Commandments, not by trying to be a good person, through faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the good news, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. Is there anyone here who's received the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ? Is there anybody here? Uh, are there witnesses in the building that you're saved by the grace of God? You've you received the gift. So even if you don't get what you want tomorrow for Christmas, you got the best gift of all. Amen. <laughs> That's what it's about. Because we don't want to get caught up in the trappings of materialism and all the consumerism. Again, it's good to bless folks. It, it's a wonderful thing for us to do that. But we're not going to stoop down and miss the real reason for the season. He gave us the gift of eternal life through Jesus. And if there's someone here tonight who you've never received the gift, you've been going to church. You're here tonight. But if you've never received the gift, today is the day for you to receive the gift of salvation by faith. Oh, boy, it, that, this is the beginning. This is what it's all about. So if you're here never received the gift. You want to receive the gift. I received the gift right before I turned 16 years old. I, again, grew up in church, but I didn't know Jesus. I went to camp in the hills of Maryland to hear the gospel, how Jesus was bruised for my iniquities. Uh, the chastisement of my peace was laid upon him, and by the stripes of Jesus, I became healed. That God crushed Jesus in my place. I heard the good news. I heard the gospel. And I gave my life. I received the gift in 1984. Church goer. So if you're here today, you're in church, but you've never received the gift, come grab my hand at the end of service, okay? You can do it. You can do it. Come grab my hand and say, Pastor Chris, will you pray with me that I can receive the gift? Now, I might start shouting because, you know, the angels in heaven, they rejoice. I won't shout too much, okay? I don't want to scare anybody. But, but, no, I will shout. I will shout. So just come say, Pastor, I want the gift tonight. It'll be the best thing you've ever, ever, ever done. I don't care who you are, how old you are. Let's receive the gift tonight. But before I sit down, here's more good news, Sean Tower. Here's more good news. Not only did Jesus come to save sinners, he came to save sinners who are already saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he came to save sinners. But then he also came to save sinners who are already saved. Pastor, you're contradicting yourself. No, I'm not. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Paul, the man who teaches us so much about soteriology, which is salvation, Christology, which is about Christ, this man says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world. That's what Christmas is. He came into the world. For what purpose? To save sinners of whom I am chief. I am chief. What he did not say was Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners 
And I was the chief. I was the chief of sinners. No, he says, I am the chief of sinners, which means he's speaking in the present tense. Are y'all hanging with me? So here's a man who got saved on the Damascus Road. He met the Lord on the Damascus Road, became born again, a new creation in Christ. But here he is later writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, who is in Ephesus leading that church. And he reminds Timothy of what the gospel is, that the gospel isn't just for lost people. The gospel is for found people. The gospel is for saved folks as much as it is for lost people. People who need to be born again. Why? Because it's so easy to slip into performance-based acceptance and works-based righteousness. In the book of Galatians, Paul said to that church, y'all started in the spirit, but now you're picking up circumcision and trying to keep the law. Who bewitched you? The gospel is still for you. you. You need to remind yourself every day, you still need a savior, even though you're saved. Because we don't accept Christ and then say, thank you, Lord, I got it from here. No, no, we need him every day throughout the day, which is why we have communion, which we'll take in one minute. Because we need to constantly be reminded of our need for a savior. Present tense. Paul said, I'm the chief. I'm the worst sinner that I know. And I have to echo Paul and say, I am the worst sinner that I know as well. And you are the worst sinner that you know, if you're honest. Which is why we don't have time to judge other people when we need to be judging ourselves. Because of who I am as a sinner, I still need the great I am, Jesus Christ. You missed it. I got to say it one more time. Because of who I am, I still need the great I am. Jesus Christ. I guess Donnie McClurkin was right. For a saint is just a sinner who falls down and gets back up. With grace, we cannot stay down. Grace lifts us up. We're changed people. We're new people in an old body with old habits and old mindsets. And we need to be transformed every day by the word of God, by fellowship, communion, all the things that God has put at our disposal as believers. Yes, I may be the worst sinner that I know, but Jesus is the best Savior that I know. So thankful for him. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't give up on us. So the good news about Christmas is that Jesus came to save sinners. Not just ones who don't know God, but those of us who know God as well. So tomorrow, before we begin to open up the presents, let's make sure we open up our hearts and say, thank you, God. For saving sinners like us. Thank you, Jesus. Your mission was accomplished in my life. And as a, a grown man, I now understand the real meaning of Christmas. Yes, I would like something other than, you know, a tie. But I understand the real meaning of Christmas. Christmas is about a gift. The gift of God. The gift that he gave to us. The gift of eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. There's a song that Stevie Wonder sings called Someday at Christmas. And some of the lyrics go like this. Someday at Christmas, men won't be boys playing with bombs like kids play with toys. One warm December, our hearts will see a world where men are free 
someday at Christmas there'll be no war when we have learned what Christmas is for. When we have found what life's really worth, then there'll be peace on earth. I'm so glad that I understand what Christmas is all about. Can I get a witness? Is there anybody else in the building that knows what it's all about? Amen. Amen. It's about Jesus. All right. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back now as we prepare for communion. Worship team, come on back. Communion reminds us regularly what Christmas is about. That Christ came to give his life. And God knows we can be forgetful people. God knows. So that's why Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Because we tend to forget what he did for us. So we need a physical, demonstrative illustration to keep us humble, keep us grounded, keep us dependent on the Lord. So God's people, would you stand to your feet at this time? And I'm going to ask, as we do here, as is our custom, for someone from each family to come, man, woman, boy, or girl, to come and get the elements for your family, take them back, and then hold the elements, and then we'll commune together. So at this time, let's have a family representative come. If you're by yourself tonight, find a family that you can also commune with. Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's what Christmas is all about. The greatest gift of all. Yes, that's the good news. To deal with the bad news. I like Psalm 130. It says, Lord, if you were to keep a record of our sins, who could stand? Who could stand? But then he goes on to say, but there is forgiveness with you that you might be feared. He doesn't give us what our sins deserve. He gave Jesus what our sins deserve. And Jesus qualified to die for sinners because he never sinned. His perfect life for our imperfect lives. That's good news. I'm not lost today. And not only am I born again, he gave me his spirit. Whereby now I can cry out, Abba, Father. Oh, I'm adopted. So if you have the elements in your hand, let's take the bread. Father, we thank you for the body of your son who was born on Christmas Day. Flesh and blood. John said we could look on him and handle him and touch him. He was a real person who understood weather changes and understood hunger and thirst and pain. He could bleed. He could suffer. Our great high priest, 
who understands what we're going through, who was tempted just like us. Thank you, Jesus, son of the living God, that you became a man, that you were born so that we could be born again. And all of God's people, let us commune together. Now we come to the cup. The juice that is symbolic of his blood that was shed for us. He was pierced for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. This is the good news. The just for the unjust. He shed his blood. He gave his life. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that through the blood we have gained the victory. Thank you that he gave his life for us in exchange for our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you revealed Jesus to us. Some of us at a very young age, some of us as teenagers like myself, others of us when we were older. And maybe for someone tonight for the first time will say, yes, I received Christ and I thank him for the blood. Lord, as your children, we now commune together. Anybody got an amen? Amen. Amen. He gave his life. That's what Christmas is all about.
one thing before we leave. Look somebody in the eye and tell them that God loves you. Just like one person can say, God loves you. Let us close in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have on this day, December 25th, that's set aside all around the world to celebrate your birth. It allows us, Lord, to pause and dig into your word, dig into your scripture, sometimes to see what the Old Testament says about your birth, sometimes about what the New Testament says about your birth, but also, Lord, what the word says about our new birth. We thank you, Lord, for coming for us. We thank you, Lord, for loving us so, so, so much. And Lord, we ask you, Father, for us to be bold, Lord, in spreading your gospel to those around us. And I pray tomorrow, Lord, if we meet anyone at all that we know that does not know you, that we tell them that God loves them, that you want to forgive them, and all they have to do is receive the free gift that you gave 2,018 years ago. So, Lord, as we depart from here in our cars and go home, be it in celebrations or quiet times, may we not forget, Father, that you are holding us in the palm of your hands and that you love us dearly because your son came as a symbol of that love. We thank you, Father, so much. And we love you, Father, so much. We pray to you and we give you all of our glory and praise. In the name of your son who came this day, we all say, Amen. Join to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing.
Spirit, dismiss them with peace across the ages.